is over. Glory to the one who was, who is, and who is to come remain blessed. In the name of Jesus, right there where you are, I want you to be intentional with your worship. If you are led to release fire from your mouth now is the time.
You are worthy of our prayer. Can you help me sing it right now? I You're a worthy God. You're a worthy God. Worthy of might. Worthy of power. Worthy of obeisance. Worthy of surrender. El Elyon. El Elyon. Elohim. Adonai. Rabona, did he can make a decision? About him, he got you late. Oh, Georgie, I rewrote the king. Way at you down, Jesus. Agbani Labaton Agbani Labaton Oromoni Kayati We pray forever He level Rikene Mestikai Kabala Oh Melikoli Abona Hallelujah. Praise to the Lamb. Lord, I worship you. Lord, I worship you. For your name is holy. For your name is holy. There's fire everywhere. Righteous. Suffering. In a class of by yourself, pure, consecrated, set apart, Kadot, 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 Elohim Israel, Baruch Atah Adonai, Melech Adonai, Yatharadam, You are Holy God. You are holy Lord. You are holy. You are holy. Elohim El Elohim, the God of God, the one who takes your place in the council of the heavens, 
No other Elohim is like Yahweh. You who ride upon the clouds, by your name, Yah, blessing and glory, honor and power, now and forever. Your name is, your name is, your name is, your name is. We welcome you tonight. We welcome you tonight. We welcome you tonight. Be lifted high. Be glorified. Tonight as we gather, as we pray, as we worship, as we open your word, let the heavens rip down the path of your glory. Render the heaven tonight, Jesus. Danger tonight, Lord. Danger tonight, Lord. I am Kokana Nanela. Tonight, heal body. Tonight, heal bodies, Lord. Every medical condition that comes into contact with this atmosphere tonight, we command cells and tissues and blood vessels and systems and organs and synapses and nerve pathways to hearken to the voice and the presence of the Lord. We say, be healed, be healed, be healed. We command Protocols of demonic activity to be broken for deliverance to be wrought in the name of Jesus. For atmospheres of darkness to give way to the light of your glory. Spirits of heaviness be broken and cleansed. Let the garment of praise be shared to everyone tonight. Let our God supply all our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. It could not let altars in hope that have sponsored demonic activities be broken never to be revealed. Let the savor of your goodness be known among us in everywhere and every place. Thanks be to God who causes us to triumph in all. We declare you are glorious. You command You are You are You are You are we welcome you tonight. The whole we welcome you tonight. 
Yes, yes, yes. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. When you say yes, Shenemoroko Papa, no one says no. Kaniboroko Sinimrekiskebedi. Thank you. For this journey we've been on since Friday. Help us to finish strong. Help us to finish strong. To finish strong. To finish strong, Lord. Help us to finish the beauty of this song. To finish strong. Help us to finish strong. Help us to finish strong. Help us to finish strong. Over these next few days, Help us to finish strong. Thank you. Everything that you have ordained for this period, help us to finish strong. Everything that you have ordained for this period, that is outstanding. That is outstanding. We want to finish strong. 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 So help us. Help us. Help us, Lord. Help us, help us, help us, help us, help us. We need your grace. We are insufficient by ourselves. We know not the way to go. We know not what to do. We are utterly dependent on you. If you don't come, we won't move. Because we're desperate, Lord, for a touch from you. As we stand on the precip of a season of your glory, help us to bring it all together. In this season, Lord, help us to bring the, the spirit will or the spirit principles of your will that we have practiced and known into a coherent plan of attack. We want a coherent plan of attack, Lord. 
Oh Jesus. A blueprint. A blueprint. We have heard your voice. We have experienced your presence. We have been imparted with your essence. Now help us to activate the reality of your fullness. Of your fullness we have received grace for grace. Now comes the time where that grace is put into motion. Oh Jesus. That that grace is put into motion. That we may receive and see the results consistent with the people that are helped by you. And because your presence is known to us and your credit is good with us, in advance we give you honor, glory, and praise. And we shout unto God with a voice of triumph. We shout unto God with a voice of praise. We clap our hands and we sing for joy. For it is in the precious name of Jesus that we pray. <clears throat> Somebody put your hands together for a worthy God tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You are welcome tonight for, oh Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you. So you're welcome tonight for, or should I say day four and night three of this year's atonement season consecration journey um we started on friday last night with an evening gathering we started on friday last night with an evening gathering uh and then we moved on to saturday with another evening gathering led by dr jockey and the captivating women family on sunday we gathered at one o'clock one second, quick second. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, on Saturday, Sunday we gathered at 1 p.m. And this week from now, today, Monday, all the way up until Friday, we will be gathering every single day at 7 p.m. Chrissy, please leave the music playing if you don't mind. That'd be amazing. Leave the music playing if you don't mind. So we'll be gathering every single day this week at 7 p.m. Uh, for time, prayer, worship. We're going to go into the word. We're going to trust God for a move of his spirit. I'm excited. I'm anticipating some spectacular things to be done by the Lord. I'm trusting God this week. I'm pressing in for there to be manifestations of his power. We want to see bodies healed. We want to see yokes broken. Uh, we want to see Jesus revealed in the name of Jesus. All righty. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So before we go any further, apologies. This week, you may notice that our video, especially our video and also our audio, is not as on point. Please our music up just a little bit. Is not as on point as it usually is. Um, I'm not sure how to explain this, but we shipped a whole bunch of stuff over from 
uh, the United Kingdom to Nigeria to get our media effort up and running and it arrived over the weekend. We were so excited. We opened it up and a couple of things were missing. Uh, so we uh, were of the opinion that they went missing at the clearing port here in Nigeria. So some of our lights, some of our equipment, the things that we're hoping to use this week that we're excited about, we promised you last Friday. We can't find them. We'll figure it out, amen. So we're going back to the old school. Uh, we'll make do this week, but over the next few weeks, we'll be up and running perfectly as God will give us grace in Jesus' name. All right, so open your Bibles with me tonight to the book of First Peter. Uh, by the way, I've got two people with me in the stream tonight. Uh, Tony, don't run anywhere. I'm going to need you to pray uh, when I'm done with the work tonight. We've got Minister Chrissy Adediba and Mr. Tony Biden. You know them by name by now if you've been following this channel for the last few years. Thank you, guys. We love you. We appreciate your sacrifice. Even on the other side of the world from now, other side of the world from now, you still do amazing things. The Bible says that God gave the word and great were the company of those who published it. It is one thing for God to give a word. It is another thing for a man or woman to declare that word. But it is a third thing for there to be a faithful team to publish that word. We want to say thank you guys for your faithfulness in publishing the word of the Lord. We appreciate you. We love you. And we bless God for you in the precious name of Jesus. And so 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 5. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5 is our theme for this week. So if you're there, just open it uh, in your Bibles. I'm sure our media team will be only so kind as to do that for us on the screen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you. First Peter chapter two, verse five. Hallelujah. All righty. So the Bible says, ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Amen and amen, somebody. One more time. Ye also, as living stones. The word lively there, I'll show you in a second, also means living. Ye also, as living stones, are being built up. Someone say built up been built up a spiritual house to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Christ Jesus. Now, we this is our theme for the week, spiritual sacrifices. Now, I want to back you up to verse 1 because today, from now till Friday, we're going to break these five verses down, line upon line, precept upon precept. We're going to bring in other parts of scripture to establish an understanding upon which to press into God for an overflow of his spirit. Verse 1 says, 
Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile, and hypocrisies, and envies, and evil speakings, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, if so be that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Verse 4, to whom coming as unto a living stone, to whom? To whom there is the Lord, coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Then verse 5 then says, You also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Christ Jesus. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. All right, let's take the keys down. Let's dive into the word of the Lord. Get your Bibles, get your notepads, and get your helmets. Because I'm coming out swinging tonight. Amen. There'll be a, free, a few stones slung around, but God will give us grace. Verse 1. Oh, hallelujah. The Bible says, wherefore laying aside, someone say laying aside, wherefore laying aside, all malice, all guile, all hypocrisies, all envies, envies and all evil speakings. There is no basis for understanding this scripture if you don't get verse 1 correct. Are you hearing me, somebody? If verse 1 is out of the equation, then everything else falls apart. There is a prerequisite for this system. You hear me somebody? There is a prerequisite for this technology to work. And the prerequisite is that we, you see, let's leave it on the screen for them. I want them to see it. The prerequisite is that you lay aside something. Now, um, English may not be my first language, but I speak it fairly fluently. Spoken my whole life. And it would seem to suggest that if I am told to lay something aside, it means that it must be an active participatory action of my will. It doesn't say, uh, the Bible doesn't say here, all malice being removed, all guile, no. It says laying aside. It is an active participatory function of my will. It means I have the power to lay aside certain things, number one. Number two, it means God will not do it for me. Come on, someone talk to me in the comment section. God will not do it for me. I will not have the, 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 the luxury of a divine act of God's sovereignty in sorting this out. For me, the Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will lift you up in due time. It means that kind of humbling 
is a humbling you can and should choose to do yourself. God will not humble you under his hand. There is another kind of humbling God will do for you <laughs> with disastrous consequences. But the kind of humbling that allows God lift you up in due season is something you must do for yourself. The Bible goes on to say in another place, it says, uh, wherefore laying aside all naughtiness, all, su all superfluity of naughtiness in essence, we can choose to lay aside certain things. It says, whatever things are good, perfect, of good report, wholesome, think on these things. So scripture seems to suggest that there are many things that the average believer would, uh, would, would write off as outside our capacity that God squarely places within our responsibility to be responsible for. Christy, let's go back. So there's five things that must occur before you are a candidate for, for a royal priesthood. In essence, if any of these five things has an active place in your life, your priesthood is null and void. Are you listening to me? If any of these five things is present in your life, you are wasting your time in your deployment of the technology of priesthood. Number one is malice. Number two is guile. Number three is hypocrisies. Number four is envies. And number five are evil speakings. Now, I, 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 Chrissy, let's go there. Let's go there. Let's go there. Let's go there. I was going to jump, but I just feel led to show you these five words. And if that's all, bless you, Chrissy, if that's all we do tonight, some of you will have been delivered from the futility of your spiritual work. If you have ever wondered why your prayer, your fasting, your giving, your spirituality in cult, and remember we define spiritual uh, on Friday as anything that emanates or resonates with the spirit realm, emanates from or resonates with the spirit realm. It is not spiritual because of how you feel while you're doing it. It is not spiritual because of the effort you put into it. It is, spirit it, it is not even spiritual because you've been told it's spiritual or because it's religious. Spiritual things are things that either emanate from the spirit realm or resonate with the spirit realm. And there are conditions for earthly, you see, two people can do the exact same thing at the exact same time. And one of them resonates with the realm of the spirit and the other one does not. Ask Cain and Abel. And the Bible makes it clear it had nothing, quote and unquote, to do with the fact that one offered a lamb and the other one offered fruits, per se. The real DNA behind the difference was what God tells Cain. The Bible says God had respect to Abel, to first Abel's person and his offering, and he had no respect first to Cain's person and his offering. In simple English, God treats your sacrifice like it is you, and he treats you like you are your sacrifice. Both of you have to be congruent with the determining principles of what is acceptable to him. He says to Cain, if you do what is right. He doesn't say if you give what is right. He says if you do. Now, part of doing is the giving. But it is not so much the thing that was given as the fact that one, his life, and secondly, perhaps even his gift, was outside the prescription of what heaven had demanded, desired, and communicated. And so God tells them, you have resonated with the spirit, Abel. 
you have not resonated with the spirit king. So let's go back, Chrissy. Five things. In essence, if these five things have not been laid... Now, first of all, let's look at the word laid aside, Chrissy. Let's look at the phrase laid aside. Laid aside. Let's look at it. Let's look at it. Oh, Jesus. Mandoro kobiasa. So laying aside is the word apothemi. Now, many of us, some of you have seen this on the quorum before. By the way, I'm looking forward. I am looking forward. I'm looking forward to the month of October. It's going to be live in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Quorum's coming back with full force in October. And there's going to be great grace on a Wednesday. All right. So the word here means to put off aside or away. One of the times it is used in scripture, mandorika viatana, is the phrase put away. And it is a similar phrase in the Hebrew, if you look at the Septuagint, to what it means when it says a man puts his wife away. It literally means to actively separate yourself from or divorce your covenant with. It is an active word. It is a word of intentionality. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't just manifest. It requires your investment of time, energy, and sometimes painful decisions to put something away. So the Bible says that we must put away or lay aside apothemy certain things. Now let's look at the things, Chrissy. Number one, malice. Number two, now let's go back to the verse, to the verse first of all. Number one, malice. Number two, guile. Number three, hypocrisies. Number four, envies. And number five, evil speakings. Any one or more of these things in your life will dilute or outright nullify your journey or practice of priesthood. Let me repeat. Any one or more of these things in your life will at best dilute or corrupt or at worst completely nullify. In essence, your priesthood will have no effect in the spirit. Hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. It shocks me the number of Christians that can have one of these things working in their life and act like everything is well when they come to God in prayer. And act like everything is well when they walk around life and do their daily activities and wonder why the spirit realm has little or no value for the smoke or the incense from your altar. Every act of priesthood Prayer, worship, giving, fasting, evangelism, fellowship, discipleship, obedience. Every act of priesthood is completely nullified or at best diluted or corrupted by the presence of any of these things. In essence, if you are going to hold on to these things, if you are going to choose not to lay them aside. Now, laying them aside means they will naturally cling to you. It means it is normal as a human being to, to have an affinity for these things. You have to make a choice of your... In fact, the first layer of your sacrifice, of your priesthood, is the ability to choose to put these things down. 
And if you can't, stop wasting your time. If you're not going to follow the prescriptions of scripture, I've said this several times before, find a witch doctor, find a babalawu, find a sangoma, find an ezemo, find a dibia, be an idol worshiper, be a pagan, be a Buddhist, be a Taoist, be something else. See, if you've made up your mind that eternity is not in view for you, don't waste your time here on earth, but don't give God a bad name. See, people are watching your life. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12 that if we, uh, if we, oh Maria Katai, the Pope beseeches us by the mercies of God that we lay down, we give up, we offer our lives, our somas, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, and be not conformed to this world. And therefore, by that process, we can prove if we are conformed to his will by the renewing of our minds, we can demonstrate, we can prove his good, perfect, and acceptable will. In essence, we can show the world around us what it looks like, what God's intention always was for a man or woman and a people walking in lockstep with him. In essence, if you claim to be a priest, if you are a man or woman of prayer, a man or woman of worship, a man or woman of evangelism, of giving, a man or woman of outward purity and alignment, if the world looks at you, if your fellow believers look at you and say, man, that's a priest, and they don't see the fruit of priesthood in and from your life, if they only see, uh, uh, if they only see, oof, a form of godliness, that denies the power thereof, then you give God a bad name. You, you make it look like he... God talks about this in the book of Psalms. He says, when you fulfill this criteria, then men, Malachi, sorry, chapter three, then men shall return and discern the difference between those who fear God and those who don't. So let's look at these five deadly poisonous substances that dilute, corrupt, and destroy the fragrance from the altar of priesthood. Number one, Chrissy. Let's look at malice. And I want to show you in Greek. So nobody says, well, you know, P.O. Rev, you're always telling us about how uh, uh, the Greek sometimes is different from the English. No, I want you to show you. I want to show you that in this verse, the English is almost perfect. Not quite, but almost perfect. Malice means malignity, malice, ill will, desire to injure, wickedness that is not ashamed to break laws, evil or trouble. Let's come down. Badness, depravity, malignity, trouble, evil, naughtiness, wickedness. Now let's let's go back up, Chrissy. Go back up to the top. Let's look at the root word. The word in the word is kaya, but the root word is kakos. Kakos means of bad of a bad nature. Not such as it ought to be. Now listen, 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 listen. A mode of thinking, feeling, and acting. Where have we seen those three words before? What's the soul? The conglomerate of your mind, thinking, your will, acting, and your emotions, feeling. 
In essence, malice is a function of the soul. It is the fruit of a poisonous root in the soul of a man. Base, wrong, wicked, troublesome, pernicious, injurious, destructive, and baneful. Any form of thinking, feeling, and deciding or acting, any function of your soul that is contrary to the best practices of God falls under this word. It shocks me how many believers live their life with ill will to other people. And yes, part of malice is unforgiveness, but it's a part of it. It's not the whole thing. It shocks me how many believers can Show my face, show my face. I want to I, I, I have a family chat tonight. Because in this season, let's stop wasting our time. Uh, if you want religion, I'm not your preacher. I'm not your pastor. If you want just spiritual activity, if you want just to say, oh, you know, I pray, I fast, I'm, you know, I'm on the prayer channel, I'm on the prayer Zoom, the Zoom prayer line, by the way, we, we have a 24-7 Zoom prayer line for those of you who are new to this platform. If you want to say, oh, we go on consecration journeys, you know, once every three months, we have 12 hours of prayer. Uh, by the way, you can hit them with the flyer board for Nigeria and for for uh, for, for the UK, for the, for, for the Forge this Saturday. If, if, if you want to be able to claim spirituality by virtue of your outward actions with no proof in the outworking of your life, I am not your preacher. This is not your platform or your house because I'm not interested. If you want someone to constantly teach you things that sound deep with seemingly no manifestation, I'm not your guy. I'm not. But if you are fed up or being fed up, if you have come to a place where you now believe that the time has come for God to fulfill the manifold wisdom of his will for your life. If you want to see the feedback from heaven, if you want God to respond to your altars like he did to Solomon, a man lifted up altars and the Bible says Yahweh himself says, who is this burning suya? Like I like to say, if you know Nigeria well, suya. Who is this burning suya? He didn't send an angel. He didn't send... The whole, he didn't send a, an emissary. The Bible says he came himself to interact with the man who raised an altar. Ladies and gentlemen, this is how our walk with God was designed to be. Last, last year, I took you through, and I think I did again at the start of this year, the book of Genesis to show you how Abraham, the father of faith, we are told to walk in, 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 in the steps of the one who we are grafted into his covenant with God, how there was feedback to Abraham every season of his life he was in God's will. Every, every moment he was in line with God, whatever he raised on the earth drew a response from heaven. And every moment he was out of alignment with God, God would seem to ignore him. 
The Christian walk is not designed to be taken by faith alone. It's not designed to be a set of intellectual rules and principles and decisions. God's not a set of, of principles and rules. He's a real being with real power and real presence and real ability to make a real difference in real lives. And the doorway to his activity is called priesthood. And Paul is giving us a clue as to why many of us have our priesthood nullified. So we've looked at malice. Let's go to the next one, Chrissy. The word kaya. Now let's go to the next one. Chrissy, screen? Good. So the next word is the word. Is this guile? Is this guile? Okay, cool. So guile. Now the word in the Greek, let's show them the word in the Greek. For those who are scholars among us who would like to be scholars. One of my brothers told me today, <laughs> he was at the, my, all my brothers teased me about my Hebrew and my Greek. It is what it is. Everyone must wield his sword the way his master taught him to wield it. I'm a Greek and Hebrew sword wielder. To God be all praise. It's the word dolos. Now let's go what dolos means. And by the way, we're fasting this whole period. For those of you who don't know, we're fasting. Um, so fast, amen. What is a fast? At least one less meal a day than you normally eat. That's a fast. That's the minimum definition of a fast, amen. Craft, deceit, guile. From an obsolete verb, meaning to decoy, to trick, subtility. Now let's look at the root word for guile. Remember Jesus called Nathaniel, behold, an Israelite in whom there's no guile? Chris, let's go there real quick before we come back. Go to Luke chapter 2 for me. Luke chapter 2. Was it John chapter 2? One second. I think it might be John chapter 2. John chapter 1. John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Verse 47. I want to show you these things in practice. John 1 47. The Bible says, when Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Behold an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. Listen, behold a man with a covenant with God, in whom Jesus would not have said, Behold an Israelite with no guile, if every Israelite was without guile. And while the church has not replaced Israel, that is faulty and, frankly speaking, almost demonic theology. But Israel was a prototype of what it means to be a people with a corporate and personal covenant with God. And the church also is a group of people with a personal and corporate covenant with God. So I want you to replace Israelite there with covenant son in whom there is no God. Meaning, sadly, in Jesus' day, this was rare. Nathaniel then says to him, how do you know me? Jesus says, I saw you when Philip called you from under the tree. Nathaniel answered and says, Rabbi, thou art the son of God, the king of Israel. Jesus answered and said, look, he said, is it because I told you what I saw? He says, listen, verily I say unto you, in the days to come hereafter, you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. 
what were the two criterias for the response of heaven to this man? Criteria one was he was a covenant son of God with whom there was no guile. And criteria two was that he believed that Jesus was the son of God. In essence, one without the other does not get him verse 52, or is it 51? Jesus says, you will see. You will have an encounter in which heaven will open to you and you will interact with the traffic from the throne of God. And the two components to his qualification were one, a lack of guile, meaning he had laid aside guile, and two, he believed that Jesus was the Son of God. If you're following me, say amen. Now let's go back to First Peter chapter 2. Let's look at the word guile, the root word for guile. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm looking forward to when our studios are up and running here in Lagos. But we'll share, we'll share some information about that with you over the course of the week. We're taking some pictures and videos to give you a uh, a, a, re, a report, a, a status update on the work that the Lord is doing here. God's been amazing. Uh, we started our services on a Sunday afternoon with a team of people. We're literally indoctrinating our team in the vision of the Lord for our house. But we've invited a few other people. We've been going to the streets. Last week, we had one person join our service who God gave to us in on the field. And then this Sunday past, we had four new people, actually four adults and one child who joined our service just off our street evangelism. To God be glory, honor, and praise. We're looking forward to getting a facility set up and our studio set up so we can come to you with a lot more quality. But we'll talk about that later. I just had a flash about that. But now, let's go to Guile. The root word for God is the word deliazo. Deliazo. Now let's see what deliazo means. It means to bait, to trick, to beguile by blandishments. It's a big word. To allure, to entice, and deceive. Ole malakuria babande ketia calibra non shepeketi. One quick second. Thank you, Jesus. In essence, to function by deceit is actually what it means. To function by deceit. To live a life that causes people to engage with you on terms that are not the real terms. To live a life where you are constantly seducing, and seduction is not just sexual, hear me by the spirit. To seduce means to make someone do something against their will or to make someone do something they would not have done they would not have chosen to do had they had full control of their faculties and full information about the scenario. It shocks me how many Christians leave lives of, live lives of guile. Chrissy, put that scripture back on the screen, 1 Peter 2, 5. 
for those who are coming in to see where we're, what, what we're hopping about. God is saying, if you have a bad heart, if you have a, if there is, and, and let me let me rephrase that. Let's go back to malice. Oh, I forgot to give you the scripture for malice. Let me let me give, let me give you the scripture for malice. Oh, thank you. And not just for malice. This is scripture for several of them. James three verse sixteen. Chrissy, give us James three sixteen. Show you how these things affect our priesthood. James three sixteen. Let's start from 15. Actually, let's start from 12. 13, 13, 13. All right. Who is a wise man and a due with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. Now listen. If you have bitter envying and strife in your heart, this is malice, this is jealousy, this is envies. We'll see the other words in a second. Glory not and lie not against the truth. Listen, this wisdom, that reality, that mindset, oh Jesus, that mindset that justifies malice and unforgiveness and strife and interpersonal issues that makes you feel comfortable praying, fasting, giving, evangelizing, discipling, fellowshipping while your heart to another person, including another believer, is black and ugly. That thing that I, 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 the Bible calls it wisdom because you need a mentality to do this. Common sense tells you as a believer, your conscience tells you this is wrong. So usually the way, the y'all are quiet tonight. I told you I was going to throw stones. That's okay. The, the way or the reason why many of us can do this is that there is a wisdom. There is a set of principles and a prism of thinking that we have submitted to that the Bible says is not from above that rationalizes why this is okay. That my heart cannot be right, will not be right with one or more people, especially one or, one or more believers, especially people I interact with on a daily basis. I, I harbor ill will towards them. I am in strife with them. I'm in competition with them. Or they have hurt me and I refuse to forgive. Or I have hurt them and I refuse to make it right. It takes a kind of wisdom to think, to even be, it takes a certain kind of devilish wisdom to rationalize that to a point where you have the guts to pray. You have the guts to worship. You have the guts to, in essence, the things that you do that you believe will have a spiritual effect as a priest. It takes a, a spirit of deceptive wisdom to even believe that you, you are okay practicing these things with heaven's backing while you have ought against your brethren. And brethren here could be your spouse, it could be your children, it could be your parents, it could be your siblings biologically, it could be church members, work colleagues, 
Anybody. Let's go back. James 3. My Conde. If you have bitter envy and strife in your hearts, glory not. Don't feel deep with yourself. And lie not against the truth. Don't, don't, see, don't, any spirit that consistently gives you feedback while you are in this state is not Yahweh. Now, God may overlook it in an off chance here and there while, because he knows he can work on you. In essence, there may be a moment where you need to press into him and he'll respond to you in that moment, knowing that he has the next few days, hours, weeks, or, 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 or minutes to deal with you. But if you live a life of dysfunctional relationship with other individuals, if you live a life of bitterness, envy, malice, strife, wickedness, jealousy, competitions, backbiting, that's the evil speaking, we'll see in a second, and you are consistently receiving spiritual feedback, you, you pray and you feel a presence. You, you worship and there's a presence. You, you give and you receive a response. Yeah. A spirit might be responding. But remember, we looked at this before. That every spirit is known by what it permits, demands, or tolerates. Every spirit is known by what it permits, what it, uh, what it permits, what it forbids, sorry. What it permits, what it commands, and what it forbids. If your spirit is, is relating with you if, you, if you are receiving prophetic insight, you are sensing a spiritual presence, you are seeing supernatural manifestations, uh, you're getting spiritual feedback from your altar while these things are present, the Bible says, glory not, that ain't God. And lie not against the truth. Mandy, you're right. You're believing your own deception. There is a wisdom. It's spirit, Debbie, yes. It's not the spirit. It's spirit. There is a wisdom that makes you comfortable. There is a set of, you know, have you noticed how many of us can justify rubbish by certain thought processes? That years later we look back and say man how stupid was i you justify stealing from your boss and you rationalize it as times are hard and god understands you justify sleeping with someone you're not married to and you justify it as body no be firewood where does the bible say you should not do this who am i hurting i know people who've stolen from church stolen from the offering basket and justified it as well it's god's money and god is my father anything that makes it, Chris, let's go back, that makes it comfortable for you to function in error is a wisdom. It's not from above. It is earthly, sensual, and devilish. In essence, any response from heaven, from the spirit realm that consistently comes to an altar that is steeped in these things, that response is coming from a source that is earthly and or sensual and or devilish yes debbie we always talk about applying wisdom when we want to mess around and i don't know any scripture in the bible that tells us to apply wisdom in that sense but we say the nonsense it then says for where envying and strife is listen chrissy can you blow up can you can you can you zoom in to that verse for me 
on your browser I want them to see verse 16 thank you oh where envy and strife is there is confusion and every evil work and this is true corporately it is true personally confusion that state of things not making sense and and everything just being kamikaze and haywire could be a sign that there is a root someone say a root we're envying and those five things we're looking at can all be summarized under envy and strife all of them can come under envy and strife bitterness sorry envy and strife there is confusion and every evil work okay let's come to thank you holy spirit i just love you i love you lord let's come to hebrews chapter 12. let's start from verse 14. Na naomi nay nay you got it kiddo and we wonder why we see can i Naomi? can i rephrase that you're being nice majority of what we claim in our generation is not god's power majority of what we pass off as the power of god in our generation is playing on the emotion see are you aware that you can actually get some effect that the human mind is so powerful that if you stimulate the human mind with the right emotions it can produce an effect are you aware of that now there is a level of healing you can get just by stimulating the human belief there's a level of of manifestations you can get by stimulating the human emotion and belief But the real power of God, in my opinion, is very rarely seen in our generation. But that will change. And one of the major reasons why is this. We're treating God like a witch doctor. We want his power without following his principles and his prescriptions. Write that down. If you want God, you get five things. Yes, you get his power. Yes, you get his presence. You must also get his principles. You must get his prescriptions or follow his prescriptions and engage with his person and personality. The five P's of God. And this is how it starts. His person, his principles, his, per, his, his presence, following his prescriptions, and then you see the true revelation of his power. Let me repeat. You first engage his person. Engage his person. Then his principles and his presence come as, or can come at the same time. You then follow his prescriptions and then you engage the trueness of his power. Any power that is not on the opposite end of the journey from person 
the principle, the presence, and following prescriptions is suspect. There is no power that does not come at the end of those four Ps. The question is, whose four Ps are you engaging that will tell you whose power you're tapping into? If you are seeing the demonstration of power or, or experiencing it, ask yourself, whose person am I engaging with? Whose principles am I following? Whose presence am I spending time in? And whose prescriptions am I obeying? That will tell you whose power is at work. Satan has power. Humanity has power. Are you hearing me? Unity has power. There are several things that can produce power that are not necessarily God. But I digress. That's, a, that's an advanced ministry class. We'll, we'll come to that. For those of you in ministry, you need to constantly check. If you see quote-unquote power moving in your life and ministry, keep asking yourself, whose power is this? Christy, let's, let's get some keys. So let's go back. So let's look at Hebrews chapter 12 from verse 14. Hebrews 12 verse 14. Let's start with, yes, 14. Follow peace with all men. So say follow peace. Follow peace with all men. Mm -hmm. And holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Can you see that holiness is not enough by itself? Look at this. If you are going to see the Lord and not just see him in heaven, if you're going to see the Lord manifest in your life, then your holiness will not be enough. There is a follow peace with all men. In essence, your horizontal relationships must be in order. He then says, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. Look at, listen, 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 listen. Lest any root of bitterness. Can you see this? Any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and therefore or thereby many be defiled. Now, that on its own should preach. But God wants to make it clear. So look at verse 16. Look at verse 16. Because just scroll up a bit. The next line says, Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau. The Bible puts malice, bitterness, envy, jealousy and strife go back to verse 15 on the same level as the number one sin the most christians most christians see the number one sin as fornication right or sexual perversion the bible puts that in the same category as bitterness yes yes mandy defiled defiled there are many churches there are many spiritual families there are many biological families, there are many marriages, there are many friendships, there are many destinies that are defiled. The horizontal ladder is working, quote unquote. In a sense, how you treat God, how you relate to God is cool, but it is defiled. 
by how you engage with your fellow man. Your altar is irrelevant. Your altar is, is null and void. In essence, you're building with God's materials, but the only thing that can come through your altar is Satan because your wood is not in order. If you now read further down Hebrews 12, because many of you just jump straight to... Let's go down, Chrissy. The... the, 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 the corollary, the... So I'm looking for now. It's a word for comparison. When you put things side by side. I think it starts with A. Help me. Anyway, the, the juxtaposition of Sinai and Zion comes immediately after this. It says, for you are not come. In essence, the whole one of the differences between whether you show up in Sinai or in Zion, whether or not you come to the Mount of Judgment or the Mount of the Kingdom, is not to what you practice in, in prayer or worship, all these things. In essence, the... The fork in the road between Zion and Sinai includes these elements of how you treat other people. Two of us can pray the same way for the same amount of time and about the same things. One of us will be praying at Zion. The other one will still be at Sinai. And the difference will be, is there envy, malice, strife, jealousy, and all these things? Ladies and gentlemen, especially me, as a believer and as a shepherd I've made up my mind not to waste my time anymore if you want to play games I'm not your man I'm not your guy Allegory thank you Monica I'm not your guy I'm fed up of believers wasting their time and mind I'm fed up of praying for people, fasting for people, spending hours on the phone, speaking life over people, advising, counseling, guiding, and seeing it all come to naught because they will not let go. Analogy is the word I was looking for, Monica, because they will not let go of their right to be malicious, envious, full of guile, jealous unforgiving, bitter, and all the above. As we come to a close tonight, Chris, let's go back to 1 Peter chapter 2. I told you we're going to take our time this week because we want altars that work. If we're going to offer spiritual sacrifices, if we're going to be a house like we looked at on Friday in the introduction. I remember the Bible says we're being built into a spiritual house. We're the bricks, we're the stones, right? We can't be the inhabitants and the stones at the same time. If we are the stones being used to build the house, it means the house is for somebody else to inhabit. It's for God in the fullness of his essence to inhabit. In essence, he will not inhabit us. Our interpersonal relationships, our personal lives and consecrations are all useless if verse 1 is not fulfilled. Second Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 2, sorry. Verse 1. So wherefore, laying aside all malice, we looked at malice, we looked at guile. Let's quickly look at the last three, hypocrisies. Hey, Shada, Naomi, that's, 
That's the prayer, daughter. Lord, cleanse my heart. Let me tell you a true story while we're looking at this. Um, Chrissy, zoom in. Maybe we'll look at the other three tomorrow because I want to tell this story and then I want us to pray. True story. Um, so, as almost all of you know, uh, Dr. Jockey and I and our boys have been living in Nigeria now for six weeks. It was exactly six weeks on Saturday, just gone past. Um, and we have some people who work for us. Let's call them staff, uh, organizationally and otherwise. So there's people who we engage with on a regular basis who are on a payroll. And there's one of them who has been, who has slash had, because God is working on my heart, been getting on my nerves for weeks now. This individual, ooh, ah, ouch, has been inciting in me certain feelings and emotions and responses internally. I've been God has helped me for the most part to to control my external responses. There was one day that I I erupted and I I had to apologize to the person. I said I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. Or spo- I shouldn't. It wasn't what I said. It was the aura in which I see. You know when you're really fed up with somebody, like you're really really fed up. Like the person has got on your last nerve, and you're like, I really don't care how they feel. I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. And so I I basically gave the person a piece of my mind. It wasn't so much what I said. I stand by what I said. It was the way in which I said it. And to make it worse, my children overheard the conversation. So I first of all had to call my boys and I said, Cadet Jeremy, the way daddy spoke to this person was wrong. I said, I don't want you ever talking to another person like that. That, that was wrong. I apologize to you as your father for setting a wrong example. And I went to the person in private and I apologized to them. And I told them, I'm sorry, that was wrong. They said, no, they understood that. In fact, they actually told me that they were surprised I wasn't even more e- eruptive, that they would have been even angrier than I was if the shoes were flipped. But I said to them, it's not so much what I said. I said, I shouldn't have spoken to you that way and much less within earshot of my children. So I told them, I said, I, I told them, I promised, I said, God helping me, I'll never do that again. And then I went back to my prayer closet because even though that's the last time I spoke to them that way, <laughs> not the last time I've been tempted to speak to them that way, on an almost daily occasion, they'd been provoking something on the inside of me. And I had to go to God in prayer and I said, Lord, this is not like me. I said, where's this coming from, Lord? Why is this person able to elicit this? And it got to the point where this person would get me so riled up that while I may not respond to them that way, have you ever been at work or somewhere else and someone gets on your nerves and it's all you can do just to be calm? But then it uses up your last sense of self, uh, self-control, 
and then somebody else gets the brunt so you may not shout at the other person but by the time you get home or you get around other people or your other colleagues you're prickly you're you're in a place where you just don't want to engage because like, oh. nobody's saying anything in the comment section so i assume i'm the only bad person here i'm the only person who needs deliverance i'm the only believer god is still working on i'm the only man who need to apologize lord help me i'm surrounded by saints amen and as i began of okay debbie you two right okay cool so two of us and everybody else is is perfect that's good all right okay naomi you as well okay good it's good to know i'm not a demon all right so i began to ask god i said god what's going on here and holy Spirit shared three things with me he said number one this is intentional you're in a season of transition you're in a season of elevation you're in a season where your altar is required and Satan is trying to get you off track. Okay. Number two, he said, this is a test. <laughs> Debbie, you've been both perpetrator and victim. So have I. <laughs> Debbie, I get, I get it. That's cheeky of you. <laughs> private joke um number two it's a test he said to me he said with heightened levels of spiritual authority must come a heightened levels of self-control and discipline i need you trigger proof and i must confess i'm not trigger proof yet i know you all think some of you think i'm absolutely perfect i'm getting there I'm not trigger proof yet. There are still some things and people in certain seasons. And the closer you are to me, the easier it is to trigger me, as with all of us. But the third thing he said to me really broke my heart. And I, I fought back tears. The Holy Spirit said, son, you have contempt for this person. I said, what do you mean by contempt? I don't hate them. He said, no, that's not the definition of the word contempt. He says, you look down on this person. You have less in, in essence, their behavior has given you justification to make them Because there are ways you cannot treat another human being whose humanity you respect. If you, if you see another human being as, as much human as you, it will influence how you treat them. And so to justify malice, envy, bitterness, strife, malicious, pernicious behavior, to justify being a horrible person, to justify treating another human being like a jerk, you first have to either partially or completely dehumanize them. Hmm. He said, son, you've dehumanized this person. You have contempt for them. You, Their behavior has subconsciously sponsored the mindset that they are not on your level. In essence, they're not as, it could be, let, 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 let me take myself out of the equation. Let me talk about you I'm looking at now. Maybe they're not as intelligent as you, they're not as smart as you, or you think they're not as wise as you, they're not as mature as you, they don't make as good decisions as you, they don't love God as much as you, they're not as holy as you, they're not as, as, as pure as you, 
they don't know how to talk as much as you when i say talk i don't mean how much you talk i mean they don't know how to choose their words carefully they're not as discerning with their use of words as you uh, they're not as discreet as you uh, or maybe they 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 have a loose mouth or a bad mouth they're not as disciplined with their tongue so in essence you look at a person and you remove some or all of their humanity and therefore you're justified to treat them the way you treat them i see people who treat their domestic staff this way you know i i i was with uh, i was with somebody recently who was a let's call them a family friend you know i don't want the cat to get out the bag let's call them a family friend or a member of our circle as a family and my mom and i went to visit this person and they were so nice to us oh they they were so, i mean and this person is my mother's age mate if not older and so i could be their son they, they, they if, if if you're my mother's age mate you're old enough to be my father or mother and this person treated me with so much honor even though they were old enough to be my parent and then in my presence turned around and treated their staff like dirt they were cruel dismissive and you could see these people were afraid of them grown men the youngest person around that environment was in their 30s some of them were in their 50s and they were all on eggshells around this person and this person was talking to them in dehumanizing ways and i told my mom i said I said, I know this person is a great person to us. I said, but I don't know if I want to have a serious relationship with them. If this is how they treat people who they believe are not on their level. Very few people mistreat people who we think are on our level. By the time you make a practice of being cruel or, or bitter or innocent, for you to not forgive someone, it means you believe they've done something so dehuman that they're not worthy of your forgiveness. You get the point. And and God said, "Son, you have contempt for this member of your your team." And as I began to pray into it, I realized yes that part of what was offending me was a perceived in essence in my mind and this is how disgusting it was when god showed it to me in my mind they were not as i don't even want to say it i i feel this i feel ashamed let's put it this way they were doing things that were costing me money and the reason why they were doing these things was they just didn't know any better they weren't experienced or skilled enough in certain areas not to make the mistakes they were making not their fault they were not I'm okay they did have some character issues that's a different matter entirely but the character issues alone would not have set me over the edge the final straw was the fact that they were costing me money time and energy in correcting things they shouldn't have done 
and I subconsciously came to the perspective that they were not, I don't even want to use the word, let's just say I was looking down on them until God shone a light and said, priest, prophet, apostle. <laughs> and so I began to cry and say, Lord, help me treat this person like the image of God. No matter how many things they do, no matter what they say, no matter how frustrated I get, this is God's image and they are worthy of the honor that comes with God's image. Malice. Chris, let's go back to that list. First Peter 2, verse 1. Malice. We'll look at the other uh, three next or uh, tomorrow. We're back at 7 p.m. tomorrow. Mandy, that's the word. We allow the behavior, the behavior of others to inform the level of esteem we have for them. Yes, there's two levels of esteem we must have for every human being. One is office, the other one is person. And every human being has the office of God's image. Every human being has the office of God's image. So even if your person and character is not worthy of honor, the fact that you are a child of God, created by God, saved or unsaved, qualifies you for a base level of regard as God's image. And if I don't give you that image, I have forfeited the full effect. If I don't give you that honor, sorry, I have forfeited the full effect of my priesthood. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile, all, not some, there's none that is justified to hold on to. And hypocrisies, we'll look at that next week. And envies. Next, so tomorrow, tomorrow night, we'll look at that. Hypocrisies, I'm used to the quorum. And envies and all evil speakings, backbiting, slander. We know that person is horrible. Must the whole world find out through you? Envies, jealousies. Hypocrisies. One person in private and another in public. One of the ways I made up my mind years ago that's really helped me to not be a hypocrite is that I would publicly talk about my fault. That makes sense. So if I'm doing it in private, like I just did today, at some point I have to talk about it in public. So it helps me not be a hypocrite, first of all, because I'm not pretending to be something I'm not. But secondly, I know that whatever ugly stuff is going on in the closet, at some point or the other, if not immediately, God will force me to share with you. So you see how it just makes you nicely arrange yourself. Good to see you, Marty. Miss you too. I've missed all of you. But we're on every night this week from now till Friday and then 12 hours of prayers on Saturday. Christy, hit them with the flyer again. And if you're in London or Lagos or you can get to London or Lagos, you're welcome to join us for the Forge for 12 hours of prayer. It's time for our altars to work. 
it's time for our altars to work. No more wasted efforts in prayer, in fasting, in giving, in ministry. No more sacrifices, no more, no more consecration that the world looks at and wonders what the result is, not knowing that we have destroyed the efficacy of our altars by what we refuse to step away from. Mandy, it's time to be a people of real power and results. Brother Tony to lead us in prayer. But first of all, a couple of announcements. As we pray and we go through that, we will exit tonight. If you want to give, Debbie, my pleasure. I wish I could be real about something better, but that, yeah, that's me right now. That's my current journey of love. The details of how to give will be on your screen. Your financial giving is a type of your priesthood. And that's why the Bible says, if you have anything against your brother, it says, leave your gift at the altar. Don't take the gift back. Let them see my face again. Don't take the gift back. Don't say, well, I have, I'm keeping Mali so I can. No, no, no. Leave the gift at the altar. Go make peace with your brother. And it says, if you have anything against your brother, not if you offended him. In essence, you are the offended party. You leave your gift and go make peace. So that your offering, your, your incense is not diluted, corrupted, or nullified. The details now to give will be on your screen now and at the end of the prayer session. But back tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, every single night at 7 p.m. Spread the word, share the link. The same link you're watching on live now will be available for people to watch it as a recording. Invite everyone you know. Tell them the time has come for the manifestation of God's will in their lives. If you're giving from outside Nigeria, please use the UK account. Uh, Chrissy, if we can get this graphic redone with the UK account for Nigeria, uh, we can put that on the screen as a banner. I think you got it uh, last week. So there's a UK account that is specifically for Nigeria. Uh, unless you're Nigeria, please don't give to the Nigerian account. The foreign exchange mechanisms make it easier for us to get the money in better suited for our financial gain. As I hand over to Pastor, uh, well, Pastor Tony, maybe I'm prophesying, Brother Tony, to pray. Chrissy, bring my face back on the screen. I want to start off in prayer and then Tony, you can take it from here. Lord, help us to lay aside everything that affects our ability to be living stones building a house and living stones building an altar the sacrifice of our lives not being vain any longer 
help us to manage our horizontal interactions like we would manage our vertical ones. Let this be a season of manifested results of Bokar Unfettered. We give you praise and glory. Tony, over to you. Thank you, Ed. Heavenly Father, thank you, God, for once again holding the mirror up to our lives. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that grants us access. Thank you, Lord, for and your personality. Thank you, Lord, for your prescriptions and your principles. Thank you, Lord, that we can have access to your power. But it is true that if we are not just in the world, but of this world, we will have attributes and traits that will compromise our walk at best and literally corrupt our way. Let's be less like Cain, more like Abel. It is not by our strength, nor by our might, but by your spirit. But Lord, we have to yield. Teach us to yield. In this season of Rosh Hashanah, the head of the year, Lord, it is sobering as well as celebratory that we look back over our year. And we ponder and think, what have we achieved, Lord? If we can't jot down more than two or three things, maybe it is high time we have to acknowledge that we might be holding some things that is grieving the spirit of the living God. And we ask you to help us. Help us walk in this new season, in this new year. Help these scriptures not just be fanciful words, but when we say, we speak the things, we, we, we speak what we want, want to see. That we actually tap into the spirit of God. But we can only do that with a pure heart. That we come to Zion and not Sinai. That we can ascend the hill of the Lord. Father, there is more. More than we can we can ever know. But we have to humble ourselves. We have to be what we claim, doulos, bondservants to the living Christ. We lay down our lives, O oh Lord. Shine your light upon the deep and dark areas of our lives that we have conveniently forgotten or overlooked. And show us. Show us the way. Tell us what we have to forgive and forego. So that may we may walk the ancient paths. Thank you for your rod of correction, Lord. Thank you for your furnace that will burn, that will burn out all our impurities. 
yield our lives, O oh God. We are the living stones. We are the living stones and you inhabit us. You can only and you will only inhabit us if we are clean and if we are pure. And it is not by our criteria but yours. Thank you, Lord. We humble ourselves in the mighty name of Jesus. We give our lives over. Say, it is your will, your will that will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Thank you, everybody. We will be back tomorrow at 7 p.m. UK time. Uh, that's the same time currently in Nigeria. I believe it will be 2 p.m. in New York and it will be 9 p.m. in Kenya. Spread the word, send the link out, listen to it again. Also, consecration journeys are time to engage with the prayer room. Uh, you'll see the banners as I speak. Every day we have three prayer meetings, 6.30 in the morning, UK time, 12 noon UK time, 7 p.m. UK time. That's what we're using for these gatherings. And starting uh, in a couple of weeks, or so, and I think, I believe start, yeah, in a couple of weeks, uh, the press will be back every Tuesday and Friday at 11 p.m. UK time. Engage with this. And even on, at 11 p.m., even though there's no formal press, people gather at 11 p.m. every night on that call or that Zoom prayer line just to pray spontaneously. To Sometimes there are actually prayer meetings there. We encourage you to, to engage. UD Brandy, good to see you. How is Liverpool? Awesome, awesome. Looking forward to seeing you guys very, very, very soon. Again, the details on how to give will be on your screen. Uh, consecration journeys are a great opportunity to lift up an altar to the Lord. No pressure, but as always, we encourage you to honor the Lord with your sacrifice, with your substance, sorry, and the first fruit of all your increase. And if you're a Kingdom Builder partner, if you have committed to being a part of what we're building here in Kingdom Culture financially, uh, or you just give an offering or a tithe from time to time, we want to say thank you. We appreciate you. Your money is making a difference. It is making ministry easy and possible. Uh, and we look forward to giving you some very exciting updates on what is being done here in Nigeria, in the United Kingdom, and in Kenya. Finally, we have some exciting updates to bring you once the consecration journey is over about what we talked about earlier this year of making kingdom culture open source. If you are in a region where there's no physical kingdom culture expression, but you've been blessed by this platform, you follow the teachings, the prayer, the word, the worship sessions, if you have been shaped in your walk with God in some way, and you feel like you want to be a part of creating pockets of physical influence of kingdom culture in your territory. Uh, we have some very exciting news coming for you soon on how you can go about doing that. We received an instruction to open it up. And so uh, we will give you training. We will give you a community to be a part of. 
we will resource you uh, and when necessary we will come to you physically to encourage you as you do that so watch this space but if you want to be pre uh, subscribed for that information when it's ready to come out send an email Chrissy help me out to contact at kculture.org also if you uh, want discipleship if you want pastoral care from us if you don't just want to watch us online you want us to be involved with you spiritually practically uh, in ways that bring growth progress or help to you please send us an email at pastoralcare at kculture.org that will be on your screen as well uh, we have a team of pastors who will be only so glad to put their arms around you and do life with you to bring you into the fullness of all that God has ordained for you. We love you. We thank you. We bless you. As we leave the details on how to give will be on your screen. Do as occasion serves you. See you tomorrow at 7 p.m. Take care and bye bye.
Your sacrifice is always here. Take me and pour me It's a call, it's a call. In case you are deep, you say, Come deeper, come deeper. There's a place more than where you are. I am just here to introduce you to I am. No, me, not in the human, me, no, me, me, tell it. Seven, a six, 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 a six,